استغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds <clears throat> whoever Allah guides there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there is no one that can guide him i bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshiped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger this evening bi'izni llahi ta'ala in this lecture number 41 from the sharh or the explanation of kitab at-tawhid alladhi huwa haqqullah 'ala al-'abid by al-imam muhammad ibn abdul wahhab ابن سليمان التميمي النجدي رحمه الله we'll look at the chapter which the imam رحمه الله has entitled باب قول الله تعالى ولا ان اذقناه رحمه منا من بعد ضراء مسته لا يقولن هذا لي the saying of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if we were to give them a taste of rahma of mercy yani ease or good health or wealth the things that people enjoy in this world if we were to give them a taste of rahma min ba'di darra'a mastahu yani after some adversity or hardship or sickness or poverty difficulty after that condition after he has been afflicted with difficulty and hardship then la yaqulanna hadha li he would definitely say this is for me it is my right it is from me i am entitled to it it is based on my own action or my effort or my intelligence or my expertise it is something that i have a right to that i am entitled to yani the meaning of this statement of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that the human being it is in the nature of the human being that if some good comes to him after difficulty if wealth comes to him after having been in poverty then he attributes it to himself he fails to acknowledge the ni'mah the bounty or favor of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he fails to attribute it to the source to acknowledge allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favor upon him and then to thank Allah and to praise Allah and to use that ni'mah in the way of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the remaining part of this ayah also makes us to know that this type of an attitude although it might come forth from a muslim however originally it is the position and it is the attitude of the kafir 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning this same type of person that I don't think, I don't believe that the hour, the hour of judgment is going to take place and if, and if it happened, if it so happened that in fact there is a resurrection and there is a counting and I am returned to my Lord, then verily I will have al-husna, some type of goodness, yani the favor of Allah, just as Allah has honored me in this world by giving me wealth, also in the next life He will honor me by giving me wealth. That is if there is a resurrection, then I will have with Allah al-husna, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns them. What will be the end? What is the end result of this attitude and this position of denying the favors of Allah <clears throat> and feeling that someone, someone's feeling that they have a right over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to something in this world or in the next life without having done anything in obedience to Allah and what He has called us to. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then we will bring to the attention and make clear to those who disbelieve. We will bring to their attention And we will make them taste from a severe punishment, a terrible, severe punishment. The Shaykh of Qarawi, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect him, preserve him, uh, mentioned concerning this ayah that in this ayah its general meaning includes the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us here that when he gives his bounties or favor of good health and well-being and wealth or prosperity to the kafir, disbelieving human being or Ashaq, the one who is in doubt, who is not sure about the promise of Allah that people will be called to account and that they will be judged and punished or reward, rewarded. Next line. When he gives his favor to such human beings, the kafir who disbelieve or the shaq who doubt, after they were in sickness or in poverty, after that condition, he said, they would never thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his favors. Because they would claim, he would claim that he is entitled to this. He has the right over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has some right to it. And not that Allah has given his favor to him or done anything for him. But in fact, this what he has received, it is right. He is deserving of it and he is entitled to it. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes clear that the reason why they take this attitude is because they, de- they, de- they doubt the hour of judgment, the resurrection and accounting and what comes after it, yani the raising of the dead to life and the gathering of the people for judgment. Then he said that they go further than this. But they don't stop at this point, but due to their ignorance and stupidity, they would even claim that they will find a good provision with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on Yawm Qiyamah. If in fact it happened, though they doubt it or they disbelieve in it, but if it did happen that they were resurrected and they were gathered together for accounting, then they would find a good provision with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah warned them that He will 
call them to account for their deeds and he will inform them of what they have done on the day of resurrection and then he will recompense them, he will reward them for what they have done with a terrible or severe punishment. From this ayah, the Shaykh mentions a number of points that might be derived or extracted from this ayah and its meaning. And from amongst them he said first that Al-Khayr wa-Sharr muqaddar min Allah Ta'ala That good and evil, whatever happens of good or evil, it is that which has been decreed by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala yani whatever happens to us, whatever comes to us of good or evil, it is by Allah's decree All of it is decreed, pre-decreed by Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala The second of them is the obligation of shukran ni'am the obligation of being grateful or thankful for the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A Muslim, a true believer, <coughs> should strive to be conscious and aware of Allah's favors, great or small, that which is open and seen or that which is unseen. Should try and strive to be conscious and aware of Allah's favors and then to fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those favors of gratitude, of shukra. And that means to first acknowledge that they have been given some favor and then to attribute that favor to the one who has given it to them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then to take the attitude of gratitude and to appreciate that which they have been given and showing that appreciation by acting in a way that is pleasing to Allah and using those favors for the sake of Allah in obedience to Him. Number three, the confirmation that there is a resurrection. That there is an hour of judgment. It is a fact that it will take place. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejected the idea of those who said that وَمَا أَظُنُّ قائمة, They don't think that the hour of judgment will be established. So Allah refuted them and rejected them and denied that false idea. Number four, <coughs> that doubting the resurrection الشك في القيامة كفر بها يعني doubting the resurrection it is Kufrun biha. It is a form of disbelief. To doubt is also kufr because a believer is required to have certainty al yaqeen of the conditions of that which a person enters into Islam upon it, that is the conditions of La ilaha illallah. From amongst those conditions is al yaqeen certainty. A person not only has to have al ilm but also certainty definiteness without having any doubt about that which they believe in. Number five, Al-Iman Billah La Yughni Al-Iman Bil-Ba'ath Yani believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not sufficient. It's not sufficient. Doesn't mean if you believe in Allah that you have no need to believe in the resurrection. But believing in Allah also requires that you have to believe uh, that you, we will be called to account that the human beings <coughs> will be resurrected and they will be called to account for their actions. Therefore, if a person says that they believe in Allah, but they don't believe or they are in doubt about a resurrection, then this is in fact kufr. And the last point that he mentions is the confirmation of al-jaza and al-hitab. Open. Or, or open the window. Confirmation of al-jaza. And al-hisab, yani that people will be rewarded 
for their actions in this world, that they will be called to account and they will be rewarded for what they have done in this world. He says the relationship between this ayat and the chapter is that this ayat indicates that attributing one's bounties or favors to other than Allah is kufrun biha. And it is kufrun, disbelief, and ingratitude. Kufrun biha means kufrun bin ni'am. Ingratitude for the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this kufr, kufr bin ni'am, it is minor kufr. It is not major kufr. As we know that kufr is of two types. Kufr akbar and kufr asghar. Major kufr includes different categories. Outright denial, takdeeb, i'rad, turning away, nifaq, claiming to believe while having kufr in one's heart, a shak with dhan, having doubt, and so on. Minor kufr includes that a person is ungrateful for the favors or the bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to them. This ayat indicates that whoever attributes the favors of Allah to other than Allah, that this is kufr bin ni'am, or kufr bin ni'amah, yani ingratitude for Allah's favors. It is a type of kufr. It is minor kufr that doesn't take a person out of Islam. Major kufr removes the person from Islam totally. Whereas minor kufr doesn't take a person out of Islam. The relationship of this ayat to the general topic of a tawheed is that this ayat prohibits the action of attributing the favors to, that we have received, of attributing them to other than Allah, because this is a type of ishraq ma'allah Yani Attributing the favors of Allah to other than Him, it is a type of ishraq. Yani associating something with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah, his lordship. Because Allah, when we acknowledge the tawheed of Allah, then one of those, one of the parts of a tawheed is a rububiyyah, tawheed and rububiyyah, which is the acknowledgement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator, and he is the one who owns everything in the creation, and he is the one who controls the affairs, and whatever we have in this world, the giving of life and death, and the bounties that we have, it is all from the Rabb, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Therefore, this is a type of shirak and rububiyyah. However, it is not major shirk. Unless the person believes that those bounties which they attribute to other than Allah is from someone or something that is in fact a God which deserves to be worshipped like Allah. Uh, after this, the shaykh goes directly to the hadith of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu. However, in his explanation of Sara'awi, in his explanation of Tawheed, sometimes he has skipped some of the points from the original book, as he has skipped the matayl, or the issues at the end of each chapter. Likewise, sometimes he has skipped some of the important points. For that reason, before going to the hadith of Abu Huraira, uh, we should just look quickly at those points that Imam Muhammad Abdul Wahab rahimahullah has mentioned after this first ayah he has mentioned some points of tafsir concerning this ayah and another ayah related to it and what some of the scholars said concerning it the first of them is the statement of Mujahid uh, concerning the above ayah that whenever we give them a taste of our mercy after hardship or difficulty has afflicted them they say this is from me Mujahid the great scholar of tafsir from the Tabi'een, rahimahullah, he said, the meaning of this ayat, he said, the meaning of it is that the person who has been given this favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after hardship, 
or difficulty has afflicted them and they say, Hada li, this is from me, he said, the meaning of this, Hada bi amali, wa ana mahkuk bihi. Hada bi amali. Mujahid said, the meaning of such a statement is that whatever good has come to them, they said it is due to my action. Hada bi amali. It is due to my own action. I have gotten wealth or whatever status in the society or power or authority, it is due to my own action. Without attributing it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while every favor comes from Allah alone. He said the meaning of it is, هذا بعملي وأنا محقوق بي And I am entitled to it. I deserve it. I have a right to it. And these two statements are actually two sides of the people in reference to this matter of denial of the favors of Allah. There are two types. One of them who says that this is due to my own actions. And he negates the idea absolutely that it is any favor from Allah. It is from me completely. And the other one acknowledges that it's from Allah, but indirectly denies it by saying, it's from Allah, but I'm entitled to it. It's not a favor from Allah, but it's what I am due. I have a right to it. I am entitled to it. So in fact, also he has denied the favor of Allah, because he has denied that Allah has given him something as a favor. But he said, I am due it. It is in fact my right. Allah has to give it to me. And both of these are kufr min ni'am. Ingratitude for the favors of Allah, and it is minor kufr. The second explanation is the statement of Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. He said the meaning of this statement, هَذَا لِي It means, يُرِيدُ مِنْ عِنْدِي That this is from me. And whatever, has good, good, whatever good has come to me, it is from me. And it is from my own action, or my own ability, or expertise, or knowledge, or whatever. And then Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah mentions the saying, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an from Qarun, the rich man from the people of Musa salam, who was given much wealth but yet he couldn't recognize or acknowledge that that wealth was given to him as a favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, it was a fitna, a test for him. And that saying, he said, إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ indi, That indeed I have been given it based on knowledge that is with me, based on knowledge that I have. I have been given it from this alone, not as any favor. Nobody has done me any favor, but I have been given it because of the knowledge that I have. This statement has also been explained by various scholars from amongst them. Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab mentions the statement of Qatada, rahimahullah, also one of the great well-known scholars of Tafsir from amongst the Tabi'een. And Qatada, rahimahullah, said the meaning of this statement, that I have been given it due to knowledge with me, ilmin indi. He said, ala ilmin minni al-makasib. That I have been given this wealth or whatever I have due to knowledge that I have, knowledge about the various ways of gaining wealth or property or anything in this world, the ways of trade or whatever. Because I have knowledge of these things, it's due to my knowledge of how to achieve this wealth that I have been given this. Uh, the second of those explanations, he says, وَقَالَ الْآخَرُونَ And other scholars said, عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِنْ, من اللَّهِ أَنِّي لَهُ أَهْلٌ يعني The other scholars said that the meaning of it, the meaning of عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ عِنْدِي That it is based on knowledge with me. They said it means عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ That it is based on knowledge that Allah has أَنِّي لَهُ أَهْلٌ That I am entitled to it. That I am deserving of it. So these two explanations, one of them explaining that it is due to my knowledge, that I have, I know how to make to get wealth. And the other one, 
It is due to the knowledge that Allah has who knows that I deserve it. I have been given it because Allah knows that I deserve it. And in one of the explanations they have attributed that knowledge to the person himself saying due to his knowledge he has gotten wealth and the other, other explanation it is attributing it to his right to it that Allah knew that he has the right to it and that's why he has been given it. And then the Imam says that uh, and this also is the meaning of the saying of Mujahid Rahimahullah Utitu ala sharafin that I have been given it based on my honored status because I have an honored status amongst the people I'm better than the other people for this reason I have been given it and this is yani, similar to the previous meaning yani, do, the, the previous one he said it is due to Allah's knowledge that I am entitled to it and this one he said it is due to Allah's knowledge of my honored status yani, I, am due, I am entitled to it due to my honored status in any case, the main thing, the two ideas here that are of importance is that there are those people who deny the favors of Allah. Some of them deny Allah's favors outright. They said it is from me absolutely. Allah has nothing to do with it. And the others indirectly, they denied it by saying, it, is, it has come from Allah, but I have been given it because I am entitled to it. Because I have a right to it. Because I deserve it. And all of this is kufr bin ni'am. is Denial of the favors of Allah, ingratitude of the fa- for the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, these are the statements of Tafsir explaining these verses that the author, Shaykh al-Qara'awi, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, has, has skipped over in his explanation of Kitab al-Tawheed. Then, the, the next evidence that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned is the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim Muttafaqun Alayh from Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu the lengthy hadith which is well known to all of us I believe however even though it is well known the importance of this hadith is such that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab even though it was his methodology to attempt to uh, write every chapter as brief as possible and he used to use brief evidences however he has mentioned this hadith in its entirety from beginning to end due to the importance of it and the many benefits that may be derived from it and inshallah after this time we'll try to mention some of the yani, extensive comments of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen rahimahullah concerning this hadith An Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu anhu samia rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul Abu Huraira says that he heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, saying, and he narrating to them something about the story or the history of the previous nations, those who came before. And he could have only known such through the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, this is a sign. It is a mu'ajiza or a sign of the prophethood of Muhammad وسلم. He said, Inna thalathatan min Bani Israel. That there are three. Three men from Bani Israel, the children of Israel. Abrasa wa'aqra'a wa'a'ma yani one who was uh, a leper whose skin he was suffering from leprosy and the other one was suffering from bald baldness his hair he didn't have any hair and the other one he was blind he had lost his sight concerning these three men the Prophet ﷺ said فَأَرَادَ اللَّهُ أَيَّبْتَلِيَهُمْ فَبَعَثَ إِلَيْهِمْ مَلَكًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala arada. He wanted to make a trial for them. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to make a trial for them, to test their iman, to test what would be their position if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after what they have been afflicted with, of leprosy or baldness or blindness, like many human beings who have been afflicted with some difficulty or harm or calamity, after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them a better condition to see how they would respond to it. And we ourselves, also we have been afflicted with difficulty and hardship at some point in our life. We have suffered from sickness or whatever. And after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us a better condition. Maybe we were without wealth and He gave us some wealth. Or we were without health and He gave us good health. To see if we would appreciate what He has done for us and acknowledge it. And then act in accordance with that which would be pleasing with Him. So He wanted to test them. So it was Allah's will that He test them. Therefore He sent to them an angel. The angel went to the one who was suffering, suffering from leprosy. He asked him, what is the thing that is most beloved to you? That I will have a good color, a good complexion. And also that I will have a good yani, condition of his skin. And also that... That due to which the people have an aversion for me, that it would be removed from me. That I would be, I would, I would be cured from this sickness, this disease of leprosy. Because due to it, the people have an aversion for me. People don't want to come near me or to be near me or to talk to me. Qala, the narrator said, Then he, the angel just touched him. He merely touched him. That was enough. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over everything. He caused just the touching of that angel, angel for that human being to remove his sickness instantly. His disease was gone. So he touched him, and that which the people used to have aversion due to him, due to, him, due to it, it was removed. And he was given a good complexion and a good skin condition. Then the angel said to him, which wealth is more beloved to you? The narrator, one of the narrators in the chain, in the Isnad, Ishaq, he was in doubt about whether he heard the hadith as that man saying that the wealth that he loved most, it was a camel, it was camels or it was cows. He was in doubt which one it was. Then that man was given a camel which was 10 months pregnant. And according to some of the scholars, Ushara it means the camel that is pregnant, or some said it means the camel that is 10 months pregnant. In any case, he was given a camel that was pregnant, and then the angel prayed for him, Barakallahu laka fiha. May Allah bless you and this wealth that you have been given, this camel. And sure enough, the dua of the angel, it was accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was blessed in that uh, as we will see. Qala, the narrator then said, فَأَتَى الْأَقْرَعَةَ Then he went to the man who was bald-headed and he said, which thing is more beloved to you? What would you like better than the condition that you are in? And in the condition that he was in, he wasn't pleased with it. He said, what would you like better than that? What is the most beloved thing to you? He said, شَعْرٌ حَسَنٌ that I will have good hair. وَيَذْهَبُ أَنِّي الَّذِي قَذِرَنِي النَّاسُ بِهِ And to be removed from me. That due to which the people have a version for me. قَالَ فَمَسَحَهُ فَذَهَبَ عَنْهُ وَعُطِيَ شَعْرًا حَسَنًا Then the angel also merely touched him. 
by Allah's decree, when Allah says to something, Kun, it be, it is, it happens as Allah wills it to be. So when the angel touched him, his condition, it was changed. And in that disease, it was removed from him, his baldness, and he was given good hair. فَقَالَ أَيُّ الْمَالِ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ Then he asked him, which wealth is more beloved to you? قَالَ الْبَقَرُ أَوَ الْإِبِلِ And he said, cows or camels. فَأُوْتِيَ بَقَرَةً حَامِلًا Then he was given a cow that was pregnant. فَقَالَ بَارَكَ اللَّهُ لَكَ فِيهَا Then the angel prayed for him, may Allah bless you in this what you have been given. قَالَ فَأَتَى الْأَعْمَرُ Then he went to the blind man. فَقَالَ أَيُّ شَيْءٍ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ What is the thing more beloved to you? قَالَ أَنْ يَرُدَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيَّ بَصَرِي فَأُبْصِرَ بِهِ النَّاسَ He said that the thing most beloved to me is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returns, returns my sight to me that I may see the people, that I may be able to see people. Think of the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have in our eyes, that we are enjoying every day, that we can see the people that we are dealing with, our family, our friends, our children, our parents. We can see whatever places we go to, the parks and beautiful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many people are grateful and appreciative of the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That man, he said, just give me my sight back so I can see people. That would be the most beloved thing to me. Then the angel merely touched him and his sight, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned his sight to him. And which wealth is more beloved to you? He said, sheep, sheep or goats or something like this. Then he was given a sheep that was also pregnant. Then those two, the one who was given the camel and the one who was given the cow, they gave birth to offspring. And this one also who was given the sheep also gave birth. فَكَانَ لِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْإِبْلِ وَلِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْبَقَرِ وَلِهَذَا وَادٍ مِنَ الْغَنَمِ Then each of them had a valley يعني, of that wealth that he was given, a valley of camels or a valley of cows or a valley of sheep. Here, at this point, the Prophet ﷺ, he explained how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested them. The first part of the test is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after difficulty and affliction and hardship, after suffering, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala changed their condition and gave them a better condition. And whatever they were suffering from, He changed it and removed it. And not only that, but He also gave them wealth, in addition to removing the condition that they were suffering from. And he did that to see if they would appreciate. And after having experienced difficulty, one can really appreciate ease. The one who has been born into wealth, maybe they don't know what they have. Because they never experienced difficulty or hardship or poverty. But the one who has experienced it and then changed their condition, they have more right to really appreciate what they have been given. However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that some of the people would not appreciate it, no matter what their condition was before and what he changed it to. So he wanted to test them. And that test is also a test for us. If we look at our own lives, we'll also see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us of his bounties to see whether or not we will appreciate it. قَالَ ثُمَّ Then he came to that man who was suffering from leprosy in his surah and in his hayya. His surah means his physical condition, the way he looked physically. And his hayya means the outer any superficial condition, the clothing that he wore, or the way he appeared, other than his physical condition. He came to him looking similar to himself. 
And he came to him in the condition that that man was in. He came to him as a leper, physically, and in the same condition that that man was in before, in poverty. He came to him in the similar condition, and that, just coming to him in that condition, should have been a reminder to him of what he was in before, without even saying any words. However, he even had to remind him, and it didn't benefit him. فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِسْكِينٌ قَدْ انْقَطَعَتْ بِي الْحِبَالِ فِي سَفَرِي فَلَا بَلَاغَ لِي الْيَوْمِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِكِ The angel who came to him in the form of a man as a leper, and in a bad condition, he said, رَجُلٌ مِسْكِينٌ I'm a poor man. And in most of the narrations, actually, the words are also here, وَإِبْنُ السَّبِيلُ And I'm a traveler, a person who is away from home. And the means of livelihood have been cut off from me in my traveling. Everything has been cut off. I don't have any means. I don't have any way. So there's فَلَا بَلَاغَ لِي اليوم. There's no way for me to reach my destination, to return to my family. إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِكْ Except by Allah, ثُمَّ بِكْ And then by you. And as we mentioned in some of the previous chapters, the consideration of the speech when somebody says, مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ يعني As the Muslims used to say, in the early time before it was prohibited, they used to say, it is the will of Allah and your will. And the Prophet ﷺ corrected them that they should not join together the will of Allah with any of the creatures. Here we see that the angel, who was sent by Allah Taala, he was careful in his speech. He said, I have no way to reach my destination, illa billahi, thumma bi, except by Allah and then after Allah. And he's secondary, the means, other means, are the means that Allah has made for us in the worldly things, people or whatever. And then by you, as'aluka billadhi, أعطاك اللون الحسن والجلد الحسن والمال بعيرا أتبلغ به في سفري. Then he said, I ask you, and I ask what I am in need of. I ask you by the one who has given you this beautiful color or complexion and beautiful skin and given you wealth. I ask you just for one camel. He had a whole valley of camels. He said, just give me one, not a lot. Just give me what is sufficient for me to reach my destination, so that I will. Be able to complete my journey. That man who was previously in poverty and in leprosy and who now had a good condition and plenty of wealth, a valley of, of, of camels, he said to him, The rights are many, the obligations upon me are so many. I have so many obligations, how can I give you one camel? I have debts, I have bills, I have. Can you imagine going to a wealthy man? And said, just give me a few reals. I need some food to eat. And he said, I have too many obligations. I have so many bills to pay. I have so many responsibilities. I can't even give you a few reals. That was the condition of this man. And it was a test for him and he failed. له, the angel said to him, It is as though I know you. And he knew him for sure. But he said it like that. It is as though I know you. Alam takun Weren't you a leper? And the people used to have a version for you, faqiran, in poverty. فَأَعْطَاقَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ الْمَالِ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you wealth. So what was his answer? Did he acknowledge Allah's favor to him? Or did he deny it? And that was his test. فَقَالَ إِنَّمَا وَرِثْتُ هَذَا الْمَالِ كَابِرًا أَنْ كَابِرًا He said that in fact, I have, been, I have inherited this wealth. Kabiran and Kabir, yani from my ancestors, from my father, from my father's father, from my ancestors. It was inherited. It's not from Allah, it's from my inheritance. Which was Kabir, it was a lie. It was denial of Allah's favor. And that was the failure 
of him in his death. So the angel said to him, فَقَالَ إِن كُنْتَ كَاذِبًا فَسَيَّرَكَ اللَّهِ إِلَى مَا كُنْتَ If in fact you are lying, may Allah put you back in the condition that you were in originally. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Indeed, the one who denies the favors of Allah can expect, and it is very likely that Allah may take his favors from them. Whoever doesn't appreciate and thank and, and acknowledge the favors of Allah, maybe Allah will take them away from you. Or maybe Allah will take you out of this world. Then he came to the bald-headed man in his condition also, in a similar condition like him. فَقَالَ لَهُ مِثْلَ مَا قَالَ لِهَذَا وَرَدَّ عَلَيْهِ مِثْلَ مَا رَدَّ عَلَيْهِ هَذَا فَقَالَ لَهُ إِن كُنْتَ كَاذِبًا فَسَيَّرَكَ اللَّهِ إِلَى مَا كُنْتَ And he went to the bald-headed man and he said to him similar, and he similar statement as he said to the previous one, and he answered him similarly, also denying the favors of Allah, making some claim that he couldn't help him and he had too many responsibilities or whatever. Then he said to him, indeed if you are lying, then may Allah return you to that condition which you were in previously. Fala وَأَتَى أَوْ فَأَتَى الْأَعْمَرِ فِي سُورَتِهِ وَهَيَّتِهِ Then he went to the blind man in his same, looking like him physically and in his outer appearance. فَقَالَ رَجُلٌ مِسْكِينَ That I am a poor man, Ibn Sabil, a traveler. قَدْ انْقَطَعَتْ بِي الْحِبَالُ فِي السَّفَرِ And all the means of livelihood have been cut off from me in this journey. فَلَا بَلَاغَ لِيَ الْيَوْمِ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ ثُمَّ بِيكَ I have no way to reach my destination. There is no way for me to reach where I am going except by help from Allah, and then after Allah, help from you. And Allah has made the people as a means to help, as a, as a way that He gives the help to the people. He said, I have no way except through Allah, acknowledging Allah is the one who gives the help, and then after that, Allah gives the help through people, or through the, through the creatures. أَسْأَلُكَ بِالَّذِي رَدَّ عَلَيْكَ بَصَرَكَ شَاتًا أَتَبَلُّهُ بِهَا فِي سَفَرِي he said, I ask you by the one who has returned to you your sight, one sheep, that I may use it as a means to complete my journey and to reach my destination. So how did that man, he was the one who acknowledged the favor of Allah. He was grateful, he was not in love with the dunya so much that he forgot about Allah and he forgot about the next life. But he knew that he had responsibility to Allah and he showed his gratitude, not just in speech, by saying Alhamdulillah and thanking Allah for the favors, but then acting in accordance with that which would earn the pleasure of Allah. He said, قَدْ كُنْتُ أَعْمَى فَرَدَّ اللَّهِ إِلَيَّ بَصَرِي He said, indeed, I was blind. And then Allah returned my sight to me. فَخُذْ مَا شِتَّ وَدَعَ مَا شِتَّ He said, take whatever you will and leave whatever you will. Of that wealth that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him, he recognized that it belonged back to Allah. And, he have, and the people who are in need have rights of it. He said, take whatever you will. Whatever you will. Ma sha, Take whatever you will and leave whatever you will. Fawallahi, la ajhaduka al-yawm bi shayin akhthahu lillahi. He said, I swear by Allah that I will not make any difficulty or any hardship for you today in anything that you take for the sake of Allah. Whatever you take from there, I will not make any difficulty on you. I will not deny you. I will not prevent you, and I will not remind you of what has been given to you, what you have taken from me. It will be easy for you. Take whatever you will. And leave whatever you will, for wallahi, I will not make any difficulty. I will not prevent you from whatever you take for the sake of Allah. فَقَالَ Then the angel said to him, أَمْسِكْ مَالَكْ فَإِنَّمَا أُبْتُلِيتُمْ He said, hold on and keep your wealth, for verily you all have been tested. You all have been tested, you and the others. 
Yani as though it was something that was known. The people knew that it wasn't a private test. Like somebody who's tested by Allah with something and nobody knows about it except that individual knows what they are being tested with. But it was known to others also. He said, فَإِنَّمَا أُبْتُلِيْتُمْ You have been tested, you all. Not only you, but there are others. And you have all been tested. فَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْكَ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pleased with you. Yani the way you have responded. وَصَخِتَ عَنْ صَاحِبَيْكَ And Allah is displeased. Allah is angered with your companions. Companions meaning that they were in a similar condition to him. That they were in difficulty and Allah gave them ease. They were tested as he was tested. But his companions failed the test. Although they were not necessarily friends. But he said, yani your companions in similar condition. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with them. And this is also, and he was pleased with him. And this is the proof of the characteristic or the sifa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of ar-rida. That Allah is pleased with those who do that which he is pleased with. And as sakhat that Allah is displeased and angry with those who do that which displeases him. These are characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they should be confirmed as real sifat, real characteristics. They are not to be explained away, but we understand them in the way that is suitable, that is appropriate to the majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't understand the pleasure of Allah and the anger of Allah like we understand the pleasure of human beings and the anger of human beings. It is pleasure and it is anger, but it is pleasure that is suitable and fitting to the majesty, the greatness and the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the creator, not like the anger or the pleasure of the human beings who are created. The Shaykh says from this hadith, or he explains the meaning of this hadith that the Prophet has informed us in this authentic story, Al-Qissa Asiha. And here it's important to be reminded that the stories which came to us in the Qur'an and in the uh, Sunnah Sahiha, authentic Sunnah, they are sufficient for whoever wants to tell stories. Indeed, the narrating of stories is an effective way of teaching people and making da'wah. However, those who use false stories, who fabricate and lie, in order to encourage people to do good, it is wrong. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the best of the stories in the Qur'an. And the Prophet ﷺ have narrated so many authentic true stories and the sunnah is sufficient for us and there's no need for Muslims to claim that we are trying to encourage people. We just make some stories up. Or maybe they don't even admit, but they are lying. They are known to be liars. Some uh, so-called people of da'wah, they lie all the time. But they use it and he, they say it is a means to encourage people to do good. But Allah doesn't need liars. The one thing that the believer would not do. The believer may fornicate and he may steal and he may kill. But the Prophet ﷺ said that the believer would not lie. Lying is unacceptable. It doesn't go along with Iman. He said that here in this authentic story, the Prophet ﷺ informed us about three people. Four men from the Bani Israel. One was a leper, one was a bald head, one was bald head and one was blind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala arada. It was the irada, the will, the mashiach of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to test them, to test the Iman. So he sent to them an angel who healed them from their condition by the permission of Allah. Bi'iznillah. Yani the healing it was from Allah. And then he gave them whatever they wanted of wealth. And after some time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him, that angel again to them to ask each one of them individually while he came to them in the image, yani similar to their image, the way in the condition that they were in previous.
and take whatever you will and leave whatever you will. This is the proof that the human being does a will. Unlike some of those who deviated, and they had time to go into the issue in, in detail. However, we know that there are those who said that the human being has absolute free will, that Allah doesn't have any control of the will of the human being, and that's wrong. And there are those who said that they are only being directed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do whatever He has decreed for them. And they have no choice in the matter. This is also wrong. But the correct opinion of the Nawal Jama'ah is that human beings do have a will. They have a will, but that will is subject to and not independent of the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said this is a confirmation that the human beings or the creatures have a will. However, their will is subjected to the will of Allah, to the Mashia of Allah or the irada of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here some of the scholars said that the Mashia, it is in reference to the two types of irada of Allah, al-irada al-kawniyah and al-irada al-shari'iyah. Al-irada al-kawniyah, it is the universal will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in which it is those things when Allah wills it, it has to be. And as far as whether or not it is that which Allah loves or not, it may be from what He loves or it may not be from what Allah loves. But when He wills that thing, it will be. And this is based on, or this is yani, what is understood from the saying of the scholars when they said, Allah kana wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. That whatever Allah wills, will be and whatever Allah didn't will it will never be this is the Mashiach of Allah his universal will whenever he wills something it will be there's no way that it will not happen however Allah also has al-irada al-shari'iyah his legal will it is in, the, in reference to those things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated for us like the performance of salat however not all people perform the salat and al-iman and islam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills that the people have iman and islam but it is not his universal will it is Al-Irada al-Shari'iyah, that which he has legislated. And that irada is different in that it is the will of Allah, it may or may not happen. However, as far as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love for that thing, it is the, the irada al-Shari'iyah, it is only from that which Allah loves. However, it may or it may not happen. So here he said that the human beings have a will, however their will is subject to the will of Allah, meaning al-Irada al-Kawniyah, the universal will. That is that which has to be. When Allah wills it, it has to be. And no one can reject it. The fifth point he, he, he mentions is إثبات صفة الرضا لله تعالى The confirmation of the characteristic of الرضا That Allah is pleased with some things or some people. And the sixth of them is the confirmation of the sifa of الصخت That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is displeased or angry with some things or some people. Uh, also, from this hadith, some of the other scholars, such as the grandson of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, Sheikh Abdul Rahman ibn Hassan, rahimahullah, in his sharh of Kitab al-Tawheed, he also mentioned, from amongst other points that have not been mentioned here, is that in this hadith, there is an encouragement to be easy and soft with the weak and poor people, that we should be kind to them and easy and not be harsh with them. In this hadith, there is an encouragement to be kind to those who are weak and to honor them and to give them whatever they ask for, if it is possible. Yani whatever they are in need of, we should give to them if we have it to give. Also, there is in this hadith a warning against breaking the hearts yani of the poor and the weak, or disrespecting them, or dishonoring them, or degrading them. In this hadith is a warning against doing so, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may be testing us by the weak and the poor, who have no position in the society, or no power, no authority, and no one to support them, they may come to us and we dishonor them. 
and we disrespect them. And this may be a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last point he said, Sheikh uh, Abdurrahman, he said, also, and this hadith is an indication that one may talk about the favors of Allah. And yani that we should announce the favors of Allah. We should mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's favors for us. And it is, yani in this hadith also, the fact is indicated that to deny Allah's favors is a blameworthy action. Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz, rahimahullah, also in his, in his comments on Kitab al-Tawheed mentioned some other points, you know, which have not been mentioned from amongst them. He said, Al-Adab Fis-Su'al. Yani that a person has to have manners when they ask. And this is based on the statement of the angel when he said to that man, La balagha li al-yawm illa billahi thumma bik. Yani the proper speech that he observed in asking for something, he said, I have no way to reach my destination except by help from Allah and then from you. And this is the acknowledgement of the rights of Allah first and foremost. And that every ni'mah comes mm-hmm. from Allah. And then I'm asking from you, yani secondary, after recognizing that everything comes from Allah. The next point that he mentioned, uh, believers should always be warned against the punishment of Allah. We should be warned that Allah's punishment may befall us if we act outside of the way that is pleasing to Him. And we should always constantly be in a state of thankfulness and gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And likewise, he said in this story, there is a, a support for the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَقَلِيلٌ مِنْ عِبَادِي الشُّكُورِ That very little are those from amongst my servants who are thankful. And those who are thankful from the creatures of Allah are few. Few. There are few. There are not many. And this uh, hadith of the Prophet ﷺ is a proof of that. That those who are thankful are, are the minority. And those who are ungrateful are the majority. And every one of us should wonder, where is our place? Are we with that qalil from the servants of Allah who are shakur? Are we from the majority, most of them, who are ungrateful? Then the Shaykh says, the relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion is that this hadith indicates that attributing the favors of Allah to other than Allah, it is kufrun biha, yani kufrun bin ni'am. It is ingratitude, a type of kufr, ungratefulness for the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says the relationship of this hadith to the general topic of a tawheed is that this hadith indicates that it is haram, it is prohibited to attribute the favors of Allah to other than Allah because this is a type of ishraq or associating something with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his rububiyyah, meaning associating someone with Allah in that which he has given us of his favors, his bounties. That is part of his rububiyyah. Uh, quickly, perhaps, I mean, I mean, the time is not sufficient, but in any case, there are a few comments that I thought were important amongst them is that which uh, Sheikh Abdulaziz Ibn Baz, his Ta'aliq al-Mufid, al-Kitab al-Tawheed, he has mentioned concerning this chapter in summary. He said that this chapter, the author has intended by it to clarify that most of the people, most of the people are in this condition of denying the favors of Allah. Most of the people are in this condition, that they do not recognize the favors of Allah. They deny them and they are ungrateful for them. And they do not, they fail to acknowledge the favors of Allah, the one who has given them to them. This is the condition of most of the people. Then he said, in this ayah, also we understand that this is the nature 
And it is the general nature of Bani Adam, of the human beings. It is their general nature except those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected from denying his favors and attributing them to themselves and failing to acknowledge those favors have come from their creator. And this is the nature, the general nature of the human beings and uh, it is a type of kufr, of the favors of Allah such as the one who says, هَذَا عَمَلِي وَمِنْ أَسْبَابِي وَغَيْرَ ذَلِكِ When anybody has something of favors or superiority over other people, they say, this is from my own actions. This is from my own effort. This is due to things that I have done, the means that I have to achieve or to reach what I have reached. Then he said, the maqsood, the intention from this chapter is to encourage being thankful for the favors of Allah to encourage being thankful for the favors of Allah and then attributing them to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's a very important point here. Some people might say, well, okay, we uh, acknowledge that Allah has given us these favors. What about the people who helped us? Somebody gave me from their money. Other people didn't give me and that person gave me. I can't thank them. I shouldn't acknowledge them. I shouldn't appreciate the help that somebody has helped me to get a job or somebody has helped me to get a home or something. The Sheikh says here that we are supposed to thank the one who has given us and attributed to him, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if there are other asbab, other causes, yani the causes from amongst the human beings. However, we should know that all of those favors is by Allah's will. It is the, the favor and the bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who makes the crops to grow, and he is the one who makes somebody successful in their trade, and the profit that they receive. And he said that there is no objection if somebody acknowledges a cause from amongst the creatures that somebody has helped or somebody has done something. However, that should be after first making it clear that whatever favors that we have received, whatever we have achieved, that first and foremost is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that first and foremost we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there's no objection to mention, mentioning that someone has done something or someone has helped or whatever. However, we should recognize that first and foremost is from Allah and those people are only secondary causes and not to forget the one who has given it to us. Uh, before going to the questions, uh, Saib, we can stop here. Actually, uh, we look at the questions, and if there's time, there are some other comments from Sheikh Abdurrahman al-Sa'adi, which are also very brief concerning the same topic, and I think, inshallah, that they are beneficial. Uh, but we can just quickly look at the questions at the end of the handout. The first of them... Uh, Can we have that? Open the window, we can have that there. Just stop for that then, just for a moment, shall we? Now, the questions at the end of the handout, the first of them, who are the people described in this ayah, in verse 41-50? And the people who are described in this ayah, it is those people who, after they have been given the favors of Allah, refuse to acknowledge them. They refuse to acknowledge them. And it is primarily the kuffar. However, even from amongst the Muslims, there are those who fail to acknowledge the favors of Allah. What is the error for which they are blamed and it's hukum shari, legal ruling? And the error for which they were blamed is failure to acknowledge the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the legal ruling concerning such is that it is kufr bin ni'am. It is ingratitude for the favors of Allah which is kufr asghar, minor kufr, which does not take 
a person out of Islam. What is the real, what is the end as a result of this type of behavior? The end of the one who acts in this way is that Allah subhanahu ta'ala, that they earn the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in that ayat that he will bring to their attention what they have done and he will make them taste from azab and ghalib and from a terrible or severe punishment or chastisement. Unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives those from amongst the believers who died on tawheed who have fallen into such behavior Allah may forgive them if he wills however as for the kuffar they will definitely be punished in the hellfire. Explain the following expressions Rahma, Hada Li and Al Husna Yani from the ayat in the beginning of the chapter uh, Rahma here it means not just mercy but it means ease Yani that somebody experienced the ease after difficulty or good health after sickness or wealth after poverty Hada Li it means Yani this is from my own action is from my own doing, from my own expertise, and it is something that I am entitled. And al-husna means the uh, the reward of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, they, those disbelievers who were given some favors in this world, they said if there was a resurrection and if there was some accounting, then we would be given al-husna, and we would be given the good things as we were given in this world. We will also be given good in the next life, which is a lie. What is the relationship of this ayah to the subject of a tawheed? And in the relationship of this ayah to the subject of the Tawheed is that denying the favors of Allah, kufr bin ni'am, it is uh, a violation and it is a defect in one's Tawheed. And it is a defect in the perfection of a Tawheed. It doesn't negate Tawheed outright, but it is a defect in one's Tawheed. Uh, so this is related to Tawheed in this way, in that it's uh, prevents the perfection of one's tawheed. Number six, what was Allah's ibtila, test or trial for the three people from Bani Israel? And his test for them was giving them ease after difficulty, giving them wealth or good health after poverty and sickness to see if they would appreciate it and if they would be thankful, if they would acknowledge that it came from Allah and then use it for the pleasure of Allah. Discuss the statement, I have no one to help me except Allah and then you. Yani the important thing in this statement is that we should always acknowledge that whatever help we need or whatever situation we are in, that first and foremost we seek help from Allah and then we may seek help from others. But we shouldn't connect them as being equal. We don't say I seek help from Allah and you. But we say I seek help from Allah and then you. Yani that you are on another level. Allah is above first and foremost the primary the one who causes everything to happen first and foremost, and then you are secondary on a lower level underneath Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He wills. Mention some of the sifat, the characteristics of Allah mentioned in this hadith. The most outstanding of them is al-rida, at the end of the hadith, uh, where the angel informed that man that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with him. Radiya, anka, wa sakhata an ashabik, yani that Allah was pleased with you, al-rida. Is one of the characteristics of sifat of Allah and as sakhit, yani displeasure or anger, it is also from the uh, sifat of Allah. And also, al irada, yani in the beginning of the hadith, the Prophet said, Arada Allah and Yubatalim, yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala arada. That means it is a confirmation of Allah's irada, his will, that Allah has a will, that he wills things to happen, and this is from his sifat. Uh, number ten, uh, uh, number nine, 
what discuss the position of Ahl Sunnah concerning the Sifat of Allah. The position of Ahl Sunnah concerning the Sifat of Allah is a lengthy discussion. We have talked about it in the study of Al Aqidah Tahawiyah and Lumat al Atiqad and on many other occasions. However, in brief, we can say that the position of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah concerning the Sifat, the Sifat of Allah, is that the Sifat of Allah, the first principle is that the Sifat of Allah are uliya. All of them are lofty characteristics of perfection, kamal, praiseworthy characteristics. The second of them is that the sifat of Allah are thubutiyah and they are talbiyah. Yani that the sifat of Allah are those which are confirmed for him. We confirm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, is the all-knowing, the all-wise, just and so on. And they are talbiyah, meaning those characteristics which are negated from Allah. Yani we deny, we negate that from the characteristics of Allah is that he sleeps. Allah does not sleep. That he forgets. Allah does not forget. That he is unjust. Allah is not unjust. That he dies. Allah doesn't die. Yani, some of the sifat of Allah are salbiya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned concerning himself some of these sifat, negating that he doesn't sleep and that he doesn't do injustice and so on. So these are the sifat of Allah, those which he has affirmed for himself or the Prophet sallallahu have confirmed them or those which he has denied for himself or the Prophet sallallahu have denied them. Also of the sifat al-thubutiyah, those which are confirmed for him, they are also divided into two main types, that is al-fi'liyah, those which are the sifat of Allah of his actions, and al-zatiyah, the sifat of Allah concerning his divine being, yani that Allah has a face and that Allah has hands and so on. So and those which are his yani, characteristics which are never separated from him, his that, his divine being, his knowledge and so on, his power, it's never separated from him. And those which are from his actions, that he does whenever he wills, like ascending above the throne, or descending to the lowest heaven, and so on. These are from the actions of Allah, that he does whenever he wills. Uh, discuss the aqeed of Ahl-Sunnah concerning the irada, will of Allah. We said that the irada is of two types, al-qawniyya, the universal will, which means it is of those things that if Allah wills it, it has to be. It has to be, but it is not necessarily of those things which Allah loves. And the second of them is al-irada shari'iyah. That is the will of Allah which he legislates, which he has legislated in the sharia. And it is of those things that it may happen or it may not happen. The people may do them or they may not do them. However, it is only from those things which Allah loves. Mention some of the fawaid benefits or ahkam, legal rulings derived from this chapter. There are many. There is no time to mention them now. However, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen has mentioned about 24 fawaid that may be derived from this uh, hadith other than that which has been mentioned already under the hadith and I, I thought that if there were time we would read them but there is no time I mean those fawaid which he has mentioned perhaps they would also take yani, 20 minutes or 30 minutes or so in any case how much time is remaining for the iqama? 10 minutes there is no time in any case yani, in another time Allah will inshallah we try to mention some of them subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika shadun la ilaha illa anta sakhruka wa tubilaik are there any questions from the sisters or brothers or any comments or corrections? Just quickly, maybe one or two questions or comments uh, so that we can get to the masjid on time. Any comments? Naam. Fadda. Kufr. 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 Yani, we said that that attributing the favors of Allah to other than Allah is kufr bin ni'm, kufr. 
And that is from the minor shirk. We said that the major shirk is outright denial or doubting or hypocrisy and so on. That is the major kufr that takes a person out of Islam. A person is not a Muslim if he has this type of kufr. However, this type of kufr, not acknowledging the favors of Allah, doesn't necessarily take a person out of Islam if they attribute it to other than. If somebody said, um, you know, if it wasn't uh, for Abdul Ghafoor, I wouldn't have gotten this job. Or thanks to Abdul Ghafoor, you know, that uh, I, I got this new house that I found. That is giving uh, any credit for that favor to other than Allah. And it is kufr, kufr bin ni'am. It is minor kufr, but it doesn't take a person out of Islam. These statements are made by the people every day. The Muslims should be conscious and aware of what they say. This chapter and the previous chapter, if it wasn't for so-and-so, or if it wasn't for Allah and -and so-and-so, or it is Allah's will and your will, instead of if it it, it is Allah's will and then your will and so on. These statements are common statements that people make every day and attributing the favors of Allah to other than Him yani to the causes that are immediately we are immediately in contact with that is kufr bin ni'am it is minor kufr uh, we have to try to remember to acknowledge Allah first and foremost before we acknowledge any of the causes or the means uh, Allah knows best depends on what the person believes in. If the person is making a statement yani, that I have worked hard, and in fact they have really worked hard, and they got a salary for that work, and they said, I got this money from working hard. If they mean by that, not to deny that Allah is the one who enabled them to do that, but to say that, no, nobody gave me this, I actually worked hard for it, then that's different than the one who believes that actually Allah has no role to play in this matter, but it is me who have done it without anyone, then that's different. We are saying that the person who is attributing the favors of Allah to other than Allah, yani to those causes through which they came, that's different than what we found here. Somebody who is who knows that it actually came from Allah, and then they are lying, saying that it came from other than Allah. But the one who actually got it through that thing which he said, working hard or whatever he has done, still it is wrong. Because he didn't acknowledge Allah first. But actually the statement he is saying is a true statement. That he has worked for it. That he has done something for it or whatever. And if somebody has in fact inherited wealth from their parents or from their relatives. They inherited a large amount of money. And they said I got this money from inheritance. It's true. They did get it from inheritance. That is not a false statement. However, the proper statement to make is to say that I have gotten this wealth by the favor of Allah. Then through inheritance, because Allah is the one who made the laws of inheritance. And Allah is the one who gave that wealth to the one who they inherited from before that, and so on. So Allah is the first cause. Allah is the one who made it happen in the beginning. And then it came through inheritance, which Allah is the one who legislated it. So it's different, depending on what you are saying. Are you saying that this is the absolute cause of it? I have got it like this way without attributing anything to Allah? That's different than the one who is saying that, you know, it's from these causes. I have done some means or I have done something and in fact they have done that. Then it's not the same. Now, because he actually is denying Allah outright. Well, he knows that he has been given that wealth from Allah. He knows that he didn't earn wealth. That the keys 
for the storehouses of his wealth is too much for a whole gang of men to carry. He knows that he didn't do anything to get there. He knows he is lying, that it was Allah's favor upon him. So that is different. In any case, Kufr bin Ni'am, he's agreed upon by the scholars of Ahl Sunnah that it is minor Kufr originally. That it is a type of minor Kufr. However, it could reach major Kufr just as minor Shirk in some cases reaches major Shirk. But the original ruling is that it's minor Kufr. The sisters have some questions. If we could just look at the questions. Really, there's no time. But if you want to ask a quick question. Uh, how do we answer someone who says that the Sharia is only for Muslims? I don't really understand the question. But in any case, uh, if you mean that the Sharia should only be implemented on the Muslims, then to some extent that is partially true, because the Sharia has allowed in some matters that the Kafirs who are dhimmi, under the authority and protection of the Muslims paying the tax that is against them, that they do have some right to implement some personal laws in their life. However, the major laws in the society of the Sharia, in the Islamic State, and their Kafirs living, they are also applicable to them. Depends on what they mean by the statement. Just quickly, Akhi. Now, without thinking, if you are saying something without thinking, then in any case, in any case, Allah knows what our intention is, and we are responsible to be careful what we say. We are responsible for our word. The Prophet ﷺ, he told us that we are responsible for what we say. We are responsible for the, the harvest of our tongue. We are responsible for what we say. Mu'adh ibn Jabir radiallahu anhu asked the Prophet ﷺ, President, responsible for what they say? And he scolded him. He said, what more will a person be dragged into the hellfire on their face for, other than the harvest of what they say? Our tongues, we are responsible for them. Just like we are responsible for our limbs. So a person should be conscious of what they are saying, not just to speak without thinking. We have to be conscious of what we are saying.